WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Wednesday, September 13th. It is indeed Kale and Company here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Always live on the free Odyssey app and, of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube as we head until 10 o'clock this morning. 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram, at 1210WPHT. Don Stenzel with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Daniel Valdez, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers, Tony Bruno, live from Florida this morning. He's going to join us at 820. Don, good morning. How are you? Good morning on this rainy, dreary morning. Yes, Gregory. Yeah, buddy. So apparently my prediction was wrong yesterday. It was. Cavalcanti did not meet his maker. He did not, but they found a backpack. And then a walnut hit a police car, the roof of a cop <clears> car. <throat> and we thought it was a gunshot, but it was just a nut falling out of a tree. <clears throat> <clears throat> but anyway. Because sometimes you feel like a nut. That's sometimes correct. you don't. That is correct. <laughs> we got a lot of good stuff to get to this morning. Impeachment. They started it first. Joe's age, not what we think, but what do other 80-plus-year-old individuals think of Joe? What? Yes. Mm. So, like, Bob in Maryland is 81. What okay. does he think of Joe running for re-election in his 80s? Oh, They're, so, like, contemporaries. Yes, okay. other octogenarians. Oh, wow. Okay. I believe that's the term they use. But then again, I've been known to mix up terms on this show before. But he's... I mean, he's that age now, but he's going to be 86 when he finishes his second term, if he finishes. That is correct. So shouldn't, shouldn't they interview 86-year-olds? That would be nice. 85-year-olds? Let's see if we can track them down. Okay. <laughs> Can't find Cavalcanti? Maybe we can find an 86-year-old. And the CIA bribing their own officials when it comes to COVID. We got a lot what? of good stuff today. What? This is amazing. Man. Yeah. And Keith Olbermann's back in the news. Because tearing your Achilles is directly related to your vaccination status. <laughs> no doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get there. But right now, let's get down to business. We've got pertinent stuff to discuss and details and updates with Mr. Cavalcante and more. And for that, we go to the great Dawn Stenzel at 6.05 for round number one of the news. Yeah, good morning. We are Wednesday, September 13th, 71 degrees. Still sprinkling, I'll say, in some areas, but we're being told by the meteorologist at NBC10 the worst, the heaviest rain is over for the day. Full forecast in just a moment, sponsored by American Heritage Credit Union. So first, uh, police and SWAT dealing with a barricade situation. And this is West Philadelphia. Last night, overnight into the wee hours of the morning, police declaring that barricade at the uh, 700 North 37th Street after reports of a person shot. So we know that that suspect, 42-year-old man, was believed to be holed up inside on the second floor there. On the first floor of the home, a 35-year-old man shot four times, and he that's according to police. So they transported the one man shot to the hospital. He's in extremely 
critical condition as of this hour. And so the staging area was set up right in the area of 37th and Aspen Streets. A lot of uh, police activity on that one, but a busy night for Philadelphia police. I'm highlighting that one. We've been talking so much about Chester County that we we haven't talked as much about all the crime that still continues and killers on the loose still happening in Philadelphia. Oh, so it's it's still it's still ongoing. I thought maybe they all took like a, like a, a little peace mission or a break while they all watched Mr. Cavalcante continue his charade. Yeah, and he's now being called Littlefoot. Littlefoot by Zioli. They were, yeah, which was a great line by Rich Zioli. <laughs> I heard that. Uh, as they tracked his footprint. So now we're we're you know fourteen day fourteen as the armed prisoner evading capture, possibly enduring driving rains overnight, although the worst of the rain, as I say, is we're done with that. So uh, this is uh, Danilo Calvacante, still believed to be within the search perimeter in Chester County, Pennsylvania, making international news still, and yes, armed and dangerous after he stole that twenty two caliber rifle from a garage and fled a homeowner's gunfire. That happened, as we told you yesterday morning, that happened overnight Monday night. So we know that heavily armed police remain. They've descended on the South Coventry Township area, shutting down schools, telling residents, lock your doors, lock your windows, lock your cars, your garages, and buildings. I was also texting with Tony Bruno last night. He says if they can't secure Dwayne Chapman, the bounty hunter dog, that Bruno is willing to fly back on his own dime from Florida to Chester County to find this sucker. <laughs> Tony Bruno. That's what he said. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, arm crews, tack gear, walking through fields, forests, backyards, a lot of brush looking for this guy. State police say the convict was last spotted 8 p.m. Monday night. Okay, so here we are Wednesday morning. They have not seen the guy. So there, there's usually we have him. Now, will they come out later today and say, oh, we've been reviewing all the surveillance cameras or we have somebody overnight because he usually comes out at night. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should say nocturnal little foot. Yes. Like a roach. Yes. Yes. Like a, oh, thank like a you, little Greg. cockroach. Yeah. Yep. Uh, cucaracha. So we had that uh, motorist, a woman, saw a man crouched along the wood line on the south side of Fairview Road, west of Route 100. This is East Nantmill Township. So that's that female motorist called 911. She did the right thing, observant, saw some guy crouched, matched the description. And so troopers, as well as a Border Patrol tactical team, remember ICE is there. Yes. And the feds are there. And so is apparently a man named Travis, who's got his own guns and he's riding around on a scooter. I know. I love that story. It looked like the scooter from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> they've, they, they've, they've asked citizens, even though it's frustrating, please don't. Right. Mm-hmm. Leave it to the professionals, <laughs> right. Travis. Yeah, this guy's like the, the hero Chester County deserves. You know, but doesn't need at the time or needs but doesn't deserve. <laughs> what if, though, what if a citizen ends up getting him? Great. The hell of a story. That would look bad. It would look it bad would look for the authorities. terrible yes. for the authorities. Well, what if a citizen ended up being shot and killed? Right. And that's, that's the other, tragic. You know, I'm, that rifle we have confirmed was loaded. To, so full of ammo. To be honest with you, I'm kind of hoping that a citizen gets Oh, I know. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be a great story. There's the big take the next day. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. The further we know that the further he goes out, it, you know, past, uh, Chester County and beyond into Pennsylvania, the worse it gets for, for this suspect. Oh, sure. Right? Because th- this area of the state is, a, as we've talked about, a Second Amendment <laughs> area. Yeah. People are locked and loaded. That's correct. 
And um, you know that's why when I saw uh, Philly Crime Update had that uh, interview last night with. Travis, we'll yeah. call him. Yeah. I was like, well, he's definitely a WPHD listener. <laughs> so, like, we need to get him. Nice beard going. Yeah, exactly. Travis, Travis, be safe, yeah. though, please. So that homeowner, as we told you, police say was armed with a pistol, fired at least about seven shots at Calvacante, but there is no evidence that Calvacante was hit. So we're looking at 500 to 600 law enforcement officers engaged in securing the current perimeter, as they say, which is three miles to the east and west, two miles north and south. Governor Josh Shapiro did visit that command center there in Unionville and said that the agents and officers working this case have his full support. So the governor did, after two weeks, he showed up at the command center, thanked them for all their hard work and reassuring the community while asking residents to do their part to help in the manhunt. Nice for Josh to make some time for the people after 13 days. Yeah, so uh, all schools and offices in the ONJ Roberts School District will, again, be shut down today on this Wednesday. But if you're a kid, you got to love this. It's, it's like fall uh, break. It's amazing. It's like, it, it, yeah, it's they just come off summer break. You know, last uh, yeah, last few years it was COVID. Well, as soon as they come back from once once they reopen after Cavalcante is ex- disposed of, <laughs> there'll be a COVID outbreak and they'll go back to virtual. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Poor kids. I don't know. Though a lot of kids, little kids, love it and miss it. Yeah. And and then the other piece of it, all the, I've talked to so many parents who say we don't have childcare. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. can't go to work. Right. So it affects your work life. Of course. And. And then you say, well, let's get the teenage, the teenager who babysits, she can't go to school. Well, the problem is you got to kill, you know, a killer on the loose. Mm-hmm. You don't want to leave, you know, you don't want to leave your kids in the house. Even right. with, so I, it's, it's just wearing on people. Yep. And it's costing us money. Yeah. What did we say? 1.6, estimated to be $1.6 million per week. Yeah. So, ouch. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if we wanted to talk about. Russian President Vladimir Putin's face-to-face talks with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. But there was a lot of weird focus as the two leaders met, talking about how they dined together and what they were eating. Mm. Sturgeon, mushrooms and potatoes, marbled beef, grilled vegetables. It was kind of bizarre to me that people were really focused on the meal. I'd be more focused on two psychos getting together and having a conversation. (laughs) But that's just me. And, uh, and, And so Kim had proposed a toast to Putin's health. Uh, it's just it's kind of bizarre, these details. But the two of them now in it together, as uh, you know, Kim is predicting that the Russian army and the people and Putin are certainly going to win a great victory in the sacred struggle. He called it a sacred struggle for the punishment of great evil. The claims, oh my goodness, is feeding on expansionist illusions. Oh so boy. this is Kim talking about his support for Mother Russia. Yeah. And against Ukraine. So we've got Kim, we've got Putin, I guess Xi was unavailable to make it a trifecta. Oh, gosh. Okay. And uh, and then I know we'll headline this. It was breaking news, and because we're live and local here in WPHT, we carried it live of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy directing that how the House committees to open that formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden without a vote. So I know we'll get into that, but that is a major headline this morning if you missed it yesterday. So we are sponsored by American Heritage Credit Union, the place for the first-time home buyers with in-house realtors, $500 lender credit for new homeowners. Just visit AmericanHeritageCU.org slash FTH for all the details. Loan subject to credit approval insured by NCUA 
Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS, 43-38-38. Let's talk about our fills. Yes, we're holding our own, but we didn't get her done, you know, we didn't get her done tonight, at last night, and that we went 10 innings. We lost 7-6. There were some great moments, but if we don't beat the Braves tonight, you know, they, they clinch the NL East this yep. evening in Philadelphia, uh, which stinks. Something. Which is kind of, I'm, I'm a little surprised, as good as Atlanta has been, that they haven't already mathematically clinched it at this point, which is pretty remarkable, because they've been one of the best teams in baseball all year. It's a good point. Well, we've gone toe to I mean, we we've gone toe to toe. Well, we can beat them in the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. We've gone toe to toe. Okay, is that's my line? Is that what it uh, says in the win loss column when when you look I back know. on history? That's what. Well, they went toe to toe with them. Okay, that's what JT Real Muto's mom is telling him right now. Dawn will be bringing JT. the team a bakery uh, cookie tray. <laughs> you tried hard, boys. No, and I and I do wonder, you know, their mom is probably like, "Honey, you're a loser. You got to win it." You yep. know, tough love, right? Exactly. Let's get to the uh, NBC Ten first alert forecast real quick here, because I know it was nasty, heavy rain overnight. That is dwindling this morning, even right now as I speak, but still humid for your Wednesday. Heavy rain moved through overnight. And now the front moves through late today. So we could see, still see a spotty shower, but some areas looking to stay dry with some sunshine actually returning with a high of 80 degrees today. Still feels muggy. Big fall-like change happening tomorrow for our, for our Philadelphia Eagles home opener against the Vikings. Woohoo! It's really going to feel so refreshing. Dew points dropping from the upper 50s early in the morning. To, uh, I mean, it's going to be a beautiful day. The high 76 degrees, sunny skies, and much of the same for your Friday, mid 70s, looking into Saturday. Maybe some high clouds will mix with the sun, little breezy, high pressure building in from the west, and Hurricane Lee, remember, offshore, high 77. Sunday, we are back to 80 degrees with sun, a few clouds, and yes, 80 degrees. That's your NBC 10 first alert forecast. Good morning. This is Scaling Company News Live. All right, Don. Thank you very much. Six fifteen Wednesday. Let's get to a midweek big take. The big take on Kaling Company. The big take this morning: imprisonment, now impeachment. What goes around comes around. We all remember when we were kids and how we would get into arguments or fights at school or in the neighborhood, and then an adult would intervene and break it up. And we would each argue our side, why we were right, the other person was wrong. And then we would say, well, he started it. Well, that applies today in the world of politics. The Democrats and the establishment in Washington, D.C. started this. From the moment Donald Trump entered the presidential scene, they had it out for the outsider. And to this day, they haven't let up. Donald Trump facing imprisonment in four court cases after facing multiple impeachment efforts. But yesterday... The tables were officially flipped on the left as Kevin McCarthy and the GOP-controlled House are going after Joe Biden via impeachment. Impeachments are nothing new. Trying to imprison your chief political opponent and rival, that's next-level third-world Banana Republic stuff, and that is new. Will the Republicans be successful with this impeachment inquiry? Probably not. Is this good for our nation? Certainly not. But here we are, so buckle up. The House is officially opening an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. And many political pundits have argued that there is more credible evidence of Joe Biden's criminal corruption than there was against Richard Nixon, Bill Clinton, and Donald Trump. 
Here is Kevin McCarthy yesterday making it official. Listen. That's why today I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. It's exactly what we want to know, the answers. I believe the president would want to answer these questions and allegations as well. This effort will be led by Chairman James Comer at the Committee on Oversight in coordination with Chairman Jim Jordan for Judiciary Committee and Chairman Jason Smith on Ways and Means. The big looming question will be this. Can they prove allegations that Biden directly profited off of his son's foreign business deals? The evidence is pretty strong. The facts in this case would lead most logical, functional adults to conclude that Joe Biden was at the center of a criminal enterprise. But I'll believe the GOP can emerge victorious when I see it with my own two eyes. Nancy Mace of South Carolina was on CNN Monday night with Caitlin Collins. You heard a little bit of it yesterday on the cut sheet, and she said that she supports a House impeachment inquiry. Take a listen to this. You support launching an impeachment inquiry into President Biden? Well, I mean, it's it's hard to say at this point. I think it, there's a difference between an impeachment vote and an inquiry. The inquiry mm-hmm. would give us another tool in the toolbox specifically to look at Joe Biden's bank records. Everyone's screaming about the evidence. Where's the evidence? The bank records hold all of the evidence. And if the American people, Caitlin, if you could see the suspicious activity reports that I have seen on the Biden family, you would, too, would probably support an impeachment inquiry just as a tool to get more information on on specifically the bank information, bank records of Joe Biden and his family members. That's an important tool in our toolbox. Important to realize that this impeachment inquiry is essentially a fact-finding mission to find out exactly what these bank records contain. More info, more facts, more evidence. We saw the measures the Biden administration took during COVID to exercise their power and control over the American public. So it's very fair to assume that Biden would go to these levels and beyond to line his pockets with money and stay in power for as long as he has. If reelected in 2024, Joe will have spent 16 of the last 20 years at the White House in the roles of vice president and president. You don't last that long in those two roles if you aren't going to the extents and the extremes to which we all assume he has. And the Biden White House has a lot of nerve, a ton of audacity. Why do I say that? Well, that's because White House spokesman for oversight and investigation, Ian Sams, called it, quote, extreme politics at its worst. Yeah, because... What you've done to Donald Trump for eight years isn't extreme, right? Sam's went on to say, quote, House Republicans have been investigating the president for nine months and they've turned up no evidence of wrongdoing. His own GOP members have said so. He vowed to hold a vote to open impeachment. Now he flip flopped because he doesn't have support. Extreme politics at its worst, end quote. Oh, my goodness gracious. Investigated for nine months. Nine months. Can you imagine the temerity? How dare they? Nine months actually pales in comparison to five years, which is how long it's taken to investigate Hunter Biden. And why is it taken so long? Because every agency has colluded together to protect the Bidens at almost every turn at any expense. Once again, rules for thee, but not for me. That's the Dems mantra and their battle cry. But there's also another important question. Will this backfire on the Republican Party? We've seen what has happened with Donald Trump and his polling numbers. They only get stronger with each case. 
Launching an impeachment investigation is also likely to divide GOP lawmakers on Capitol Hill, as some Republicans, even frequent critics of Biden and his administration, have said publicly that they think pursuing such a probe is a bad idea. CNN reported on Monday that Republicans in the Senate are nervous that the push could backfire politically and give Biden a boost, all the while distracting from their efforts to paint the president as out of touch on the economy, which he is. And it would be an unmitigated disaster, in my opinion, if the American people lose sight of what Biden has done to destroy the economy as they become consumed and infatuated with Biden's own personal finances. Hard to imagine that any citizen would forget about their financial hardships while Republicans look into Biden's financial growth via his son. But that could be in play here. And let's also hope that the Republicans in power don't lose sight of the multitude of other issues plaguing their constituents today that they vowed they would resolve as they sink their teeth into the 46th president of the United States. And that would be political malpractice towards those who put you back in power in just the fall of 2022. I'm all for going after Joe Biden. I think he's guilty. You can do multiple things at once. And yes, the Dems started this. Let's now hope that Republicans can end it. And that's the big take. The Big Take on Kale and Company. All right, Big Take this morning. If you want to jump in with your thoughts and reactions, 855-839-1210 is the phone number. 855-839-1210. Twitter and Instagram at 1210WPHT. Or, of course, on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT and be a part of the Kale and Company comment community. We'll come back and get some thoughts and reactions to that as well as what do other octogenarians think about Joe Biden's age? We'll get into that as we continue. Six o'clock hour off and running. It's Kale and Company on a Wednesday on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Loaded show today. Stack cut sheet at 745. Tony Bruno at 820. $50 gift card to the Metro Diner at 920. And don't forget your Disney keywords coming up at 950 this morning. 855-839-1210. Danilo Cavalcante still out there. So much for yesterday being the day. I'll go on record. I'll make another prediction. Today will be the day. <laughs> He's going down today. Just say it every day. Exactly, until every day. Eventually, eventually I'll be right. Yeah. yeah so uh, best of luck, buddy. I think your time's running out. Uh, but is time running out on Joe Biden? And it's a very interesting question after the impeachment inquiry that was officially presented to the American people yesterday, courtesy of Kevin McCarthy. You heard that here on the big take. And I have two takeaways from what happened yesterday and what exactly will play out. Do I think it backfires and boosts Biden when it comes to polling numbers and rallying around the big guy? No, he's he's unboostable. So Fauci would hate him for that. He's unboostable. But I also don't think this leads to his removal, because I think at the end of the day, as much as we sit here, we look at all this evidence. And I think if you have just an ounce of common sense, you can connect all the dots and say, okay, something isn't right here. Like, why are you receiving all of these funds and all of this money? What are you giving to other people to return and receive all of this compensation from your son and your other family members and the shell companies and the bank accounts and the wire transfers? You add it up, it just doesn't smell right. It doesn't pass the sniff test, so to speak. But we're still waiting for that last little 
bombshell, that that one smoking gun that kind of ties it all together. And I think that's the objective here of the impeachment inquiry. Don, your thoughts on this, because this is a really big story. And if I, you know, if it wasn't for the Danilo Cavalcante story, I think we would probably be spending a lot more time on this. But uh, any thoughts or takeaways and reaction from what uh, McCarthy was able to um, present to us yesterday? Well, the talking point this morning, as I look at the so-called mainstream media, so I always talk about media talking points, they're saying, oh, uh, McCarthy, House Speaker McCarthy is under pressure by those far-right MAGA Republicans. He had to do this or they're going to get rid of him. Yeah. And so that's the end. And so he, two weeks ago, he did say he would want it to go to a vote. And so that's what the, that's the talking point, I would say, in the headline in you know, the New York Times or whatever. I found that Politico article interesting that came out yesterday afternoon saying that, you know, Elise, um, the GOP conference chair, Elise Stefanik, has been meeting with Trump and that that they weighed in, you know, that she's been weighing in with him and sort of briefing him on mm-hmm. it. Yep. I thought that was a good inside look. The fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene had been in Bedminster this week and meeting with Trump. On what was that Sunday night late, uh, having that meeting with Trump. So I love that inside stuff mm-hmm. where, you know, who's sounding off on this. But we know Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene has been in our area a lot. She's been at those wind turbine rallies. So I, I love that inside stuff. But ultimately, I love the piece that you played, Nick, and the focus that in fact, they've had a tough time getting all of the documents unredacted. Of course. And, and that, and, I, and in your big take this morning, I, I thought that was a critical focus that you had. That what they're saying is because now this is a procedural step, it's a form, it's a formality that allows us to get more information. They have subpoena power, yep. but they need, they want to get to the goods. Yes. And so to me, to me looking at it, what I hope, because we all lost faith in these, in these types of process, processes, right? With the January 6th committee that you know liz cheney and mm-hmm. oh my gosh well most people think it's just political theater yeah, on it was both sides. political theater and they really it was not proper it did not feel like a professional court proceeding they had a, you know a tv hollywood type producer production values and it would have been more powerful as we've we talked about it, if they just had you know capitol police officers testifying make it more of a court feel sure so if they now move, march forward and they're truly looking at evidence and they take away theater, I think they gain credibility. Mm-hmm. However, if they do any shifty shift moves that we've seen in the past, they too, then it does look like you said, right. tit for tat. Yep. And the Bidens could now have their bank records, mortgage details, emails, text messages, and mobile phones subpoenaed. And you might be asking what an impeachment inquiry is. Well, it can be launched by the Speaker or by any member of Congress who secures a majority vote for it in the House of Representatives. So, you know, we'll see how this plays out. But like I said in the beginning of the big take, you know, when we were kids and you get into a scuffle with your buddy and you say, well, he started this. You know, this is this is kind of that somewhat slippery slope. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, some hardcore conservatives want us in the Republican Party to fight back and be just go to the same levels the Democrats do. But remember, you know, this they started this in 2015 and 2016 when they went after the outsider and they've yet to relent on that. So now the tables are flipped. Republicans secure back the House. And this would not be possible if they did not win back the House. So, you know, you got to take advantage of it while you can, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, remember with the with the Bill Clinton probe. 
when they were looking into him back in the day, they were not looking for the fact that there was an intern scandal with a a young college age, young lady. They were looking for something else. And so whenever they go down this road, I I, I just think, I, I hope to God that they stick with what they're saying, with the facts and with the tangible evidence. Right. Nick, if they do that, I do feel that they will restore credibility to these types of process. If they come back and say... Even if they're not successful. Right. Even right. Yes. Even if they come back and say there was some impropriety, but we don't have it. We don't have that smoking gun, or this is what we have. Just put it out there to the American people. I think that gains credibility. Yeah, I would agree. A thousand percent. 855-839-1210. And then on the Biden front, we get to an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal. Um, and the headline is, is Biden too old to run again? We asked people born on his exact birthday. So they didn't even just go to the octogenarians. They went out and found people that were born on November 20th, 1942, wow. which is the day Joe Biden uh, was born. Okay. So this is interesting. So they, they preface Who did it. this? The Wall Street this Journal? This is the Wall Street Journal. And they preface this by uh, saying the following. Luis Smokzinski is enjoying a quiet retirement in Madison, Wisconsin, but she and her friends are starting to have health problems. Mm. Ken Diller is a biomedical engineering professor in Austin, Texas, who has taught for 50 years and isn't ready to spend his days relaxing on a beach. Unlike Ken, I do want to relax on a beach. But anyway, they have one thing in common. They were both born on, 19, uh, on November 20th. 1942, the same day as Joe Biden, the 46th president, the oldest to occupy the White House, campaigning for a second term that should he win, would put him in office until age 86. These octogenarian voters are among nearly a dozen Americans that were born the same day as the president that the Wall Street Journal interviewed. They are uniquely suited to answer one of the biggest questions looming over the 2024 election. Is Biden too old to run again? Surprisingly, of the 12 that they found, most said no. (laughs) Really? So most would be wrong. Uh, But they said they were candid about the risks of aging in the years to come. Quote, he has certainly got his wits about him. (laughs) His wits. This is like a CNN piece. Uh, Said Smokzinski, a Democrat who voted for Biden in 2020 and plans to support him again. Smokzinski and her husband, Florian, in their Madison, Wisconsin home last month. Uh, she is a retired county employee. She says, quote, when, where once you're 80, it's definitely downhill. She said she had been largely healthy most of her life, but was diagnosed about two years ago with endometrial cancer and continues to receive, uh, continues to receive treatment for her illness. Endometrial. Endometrial. Quote, a lot of our friends are dying or getting dementia. I probably shouldn't bring that up because that makes 80 look terrible. Still, she tries to maintain a positive attitude, saying, quote, people are living longer and living better lives. 80 is the new 60. Okay. Maybe maybe there's some people that believe that and can prove it and are still sharp. But that's not applicable to Joe. Joe, Joe, Joe's not 81 going on 61. Joe's 81 and every bit of 81. But also... A recent Wall Street Journal poll found that 73% of voters think Biden is too old to seek a second term, compared with 47% of voters who said the same for Donald Trump, who obviously is going to be his top challenger. Um, So very interesting that of these 12 individuals with the same birthday as Joe Biden, a majority say, no, he's, he's not too old, which, you know, we can get into the term limits and the age maximum again and look at it from a case-by-case perspective and basis. But I, I'm actually a little bit surprised, unless it's just 
When you're 81, you're going to defend another 81. Whether you're a Democrat or you're a supporter of Biden, I don't know. Maybe most 81s are you're just like, you know what? No, it's not too old. <laughs> I think it's too old. I mean, I would be fine with 75, which, you know, technically in theory then would disqualify Trump. But if you have somebody under 75 that gets eight years and two terms, so be it. I think we're talking about, I mean, my, I think we're talking about the wrong thing in the sense that my dad is in his 80s. He's 88. Mm-hmm. And he says. Still super he, with it, right? Dad says, Joe Biden at any age is a disaster. <laughs> well, yeah, there you is, go. Is politically, look at his policy. Right. This economic policy. Uh, look at his. He he thinks he's this big world international expert, right? On on world politics, he's he has always consistently been a disaster. So I, I just think the focus on age it, it does depend. I was at a family gathering. And there was a family friend there. I've never known her age. And somebody turned to me and said, "Do you know Jane is or who I shouldn't say so and so is eighty plus?" And I said, "No way." Like you you would have. Looks great. You would have placed a bet in your three parlay dealy dealy. You would have never thought this woman was. She's so with it yeah. and had you know it's a lot of people nowadays are getting the work done and so on and so if they have money. She does CrossFit. She is so hip and with it. I I just said no way. There's no way. So she's Some, doing CrossFit in there in her eighties, and I'm yes. doing, and I'm doing crosswords <laughs> in my thirties. <laughs> so I think there are there are individuals who have first of all have dna right and and their genetics on their side but as well have really taken care of themselves and they're fit and they're active and yeah. they're living their best life and mm-hmm. traveling the world and enjoying their grandkids and great grandkids and so i don't think age is necessarily the focus i think joe biden look at his policy well let's, let's over all these years yeah i mean my goodness let's think about that because this is not the same joe biden that you heard and you saw on tv and different clips that we've played from the 90s when he was you know ranting and raving and he was in his 50s or whatever and you say you know his policy is is it possible and i guess you would have to be a democrat to truly answer this honestly is it possible that they don't care about his age, like this lady here in her 80s, or the 26% of people that don't think age is a factor for him, because they know he's not calling the shots and it's not his policies to begin with? We, we're all of the belief that this is, that Joe, you even, he, we've played clips of Joe where he's like, oh, I'm just following orders. I'm just doing what I'm told to do. And, you know, sometimes there are presidents that are just puppets and others have more of their hand and their fingerprints on everything. Is it possible that Joe's age is irrelevant because the supporters of him, if they're out there, they know he's not calling the shots. It's either the progressives, the squad Dems, the third Obama term, however you want to characterize it. Is that a possible defense to Joe or a, a logical rationale that these people have arrived at that I don't care that he's 81. He's not calling the plays anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I, makes me wonder. Yeah, and I've heard some Democrats say, "Well, you know, Obama's in there; he's helping out." I mean, they really believe that. Why did Why did Barack Obama even choose Biden as a running mate? Because Joe Biden, everybody knew him, and he represented the establishment. But at the same time, he was a vice president who didn't have too much. I don't know. Uh, he he didn't have too much alpha power that would overpower. Obama, you mm-hmm. right? When you're a president, yeah. you're choosing your VP, you want somebody who's not going to in any way he was outshine you. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't ruffle feathers. Yeah, well. That's that, that's a thing. That's a thing <laughs> in a lot of workplaces. He's the safe hire. He's the well easy put. choice. Uh, yeah. He won't be combative in challenge management. Yeah. I've heard that in radio before. <laughs> but but I mean to your point, he was the safe hire, but for Obama he needed 
because Obama was a younger, a younger guy and had not been around. And so here you had this established swamp monster, swamp monster, if you will. Everybody knew who he was. And he had a, a good reputation. He was that single dad taking the train. Oh, good old working Joe. You know what I mean? Yep. And so I think that's th- the same reason that uh, that Obama chose Biden as a running mate is the same reason that Biden is a safe choice for Democrats, which is why unless something disastrous happens with with his health or anything of that nature, I still think he'll be the candidate. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be Biden, Trump. And choosing your VP does matter. I mean, it's from a from an optics standpoint. I mean, certainly you talking about Joe and the way you described him. Clearly, Kamala Harris was an optics hire. She's the she's the poster child for DEI. She's the poster child for checking off boxes. And everybody in their administration is from Pete Buttigieg to Corrine Jean Pierre uh, to uh, our our favorite. Um, Oh God! What is her name now? Uh, Doctor Rachel uh, Admiral Rachel Levine. Oh, I mean, all their top figureheads are everything they they advertise mm-hmm. as an administration. It's true. I don't know, guys. I don't think that this uh, article does does what it purportedly does, but I think it is a interesting conversation, and I think it's a conversation we need to have about the age of our politicians. Yeah, there's no doubt because I think that you know you can say what you want. But it's not it's not the best and brightest that are leading us, and no. it should be. And and it has nothing to do with with the age. I had a I had a ninety some year old neighbor that could have run circles around me. You know what I mean? So like it has really has nothing to do with age. But there are but but it it does. I guess I'm contradicting myself because that those are those people who are like that are kind of outliers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they haven't it's been well in Washington for the rest, you know, for their entire lives. And I think that we just need to, we just need to, you know, between Feinstein and Mitch McConnell and all of these 80, 90 plus people that are running our lives are just, it's 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 not good for us. It's not good for the country. I agree. It's pure madness. You know, to your point about that, and Nick, you had a, you had a good thought, you know, think about that so-called safe hire. The American people, who will we hire to lead us out of? this economy and this post-pandemic world? Who will we hire? Mm -hmm. When you look at Joe Biden, to me, it's not necessarily his age. It's the fact that he's been in that job for more than half a century. Mm -hmm. And so he's a career politician. How can he possibly look at things through the lens of somebody who has is a small business person who's worked very hard? You know what I mean? He's he his whole viewpoint in life as a career politician is not what we need to lead us out of this yeah, hot mess. Yeah, right. He claims to be middle-class Joe, yet he hasn't, he hasn't qualified for the everyday man in 40 years. Yeah. So, so it's a great point. I'm going to... Term uh, limits. I'm going to play this clip later uh, for the cut sheet, but uh, Scott Perry from Pennsylvania here said something to the effect as he was being questioned about uh, the evidence that they have in the inquiry and all that stuff, and he said something to the effect of, of this guy's been a career politician yet he has four homes and like how does he afford all this stuff exactly. which, is, which is a great to be honest with you they should look into every politician right and say okay which is the point of this impeachment inquiry you make x amount of dollars your wife makes x amount of mm-hmm. dollars why right. why do you 
Why do you have four homes? Oh, yeah. You know, three of them beach homes. Yeah. It's like the same thing when you looked at college athletics in the last 20, 30 years. How are these college football players on campuses driving around in Rolls Royces? They mm. don't have a job. <laughs> Where'd they get that from? Oh, they got it on the down low from a booster, yep. which was illegal at the point. Yeah. Uh, 855-839-1210 is the number. I actually believe now Keith Olbermann has gone as insane as Howard Stern. It's amazing. These two people were like icons in the 90s, and they've completely gone off the reservation. We'll get into that story as we wrap up our number one next. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. You know, I can't stand when people say, oh, she's a working mom. Every mom is a working mom, which is why whatacrockmeals.com was actually created. So they deliver nutritious, ready-made meals right to your doorstep. I just put it in the slow cooker, no prep, no mess. And when our family comes home after work and school, uh, especially David will go, Mom, what smells so good? And we enjoy more time together at the dinner table. Just use promo code WPHT for 10 bucks off your first order. You're going to love this. And these are ready-to-eat meals. Whatacrock.com meals. Okay, this is not a situation where they send you a box full of raw veggies and you have to basically chop it up and put the thing together. It's all good to go. All I have to do is put it in the crock pot. So this week, well, game days, we always have the white bean chili. It's a vegan chili. So that's delicious. And that's what we did uh, last weekend and what we'll do tomorrow for Eagles game day. But, uh, you know, last night we had the chicken parmesan. How good does this sound? Chicken parmesan meatballs with spaghetti. The meatballs have melted cheese in the middle. Delicious, and what a delicious surprise. So whatacrockmeals.com, homemade, just, you know, not by me, but delicious. Order now. Wednesday morning, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Yeah, you. We're talking to you. Nick Kale, Greg Stocker, Don Stensland, Tony Bruno coming up at 820. We're just about an hour away from round number one of what is on the cut sheet. And speaking of Tony Bruno... Back in the 90s, obviously Howard Cern, king of all media, right? We've discussed his demise on this show many times. Barely, very rarely leaves his house, scared to death of COVID. We talked about that story last week. But, you know, in the 90s, when Tony was uh, after, this was after Tony left uh, the morning show with, with Angelo and Al on WIP, Tony went to Bristol, Connecticut and worked at ESPN. And if you were or are a sports fan or used to watch ESPN before they got into politics, in the 90s, uh, Keith Olbermann was one of the most, probably the two or three most popular sports center anchors. Yeah, of course, uh, Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick right? and yeah. Keith Olbermann. I mean, as a kid, I, I watched him every day. I couldn't get enough of it. And Keith and Tony were, were good friends uh, and colleagues. And this was before either of them got into politics. Keith ends up going to MSNBC. And now in 2023, has gone completely insane. This is what happens when you're lonely and you don't get any female interaction in your life. And you have no kids and you just stare at your wall in your apartment. Not that I've ever had to deal with that for a while. But anywho, I haven't gone insane. At least I don't think so. So you've got Olbermann who goes far left. And Tony now talks about politics and is certainly more right and conservative and and Republican, so to speak. Although he'll claim that he's not a registered Republican. He can discuss that when he comes on at 820. But they had an interesting partnership and friendship. Well, now they don't really talk anymore because Keith is insane. And 
a prime example of Keith Olbermann's insanity was on full display. Uh, I, I know a lot of people saw the big headline in the world of sports Monday night. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, former quarterback for the Packers, goes to the Jets, plays all of four snaps, goes down with a ruptured Achilles. Yeah. After running out of the tunnel with the American flag, it was such an awesome patriotic moment. Nonetheless, on 9-11... In the, in the backdrop of New York City where that game was played. So the Jets put out a tweet yesterday that said, not the way any of us wanted it to go, but we know the commitment you've made to this team will continue to impact us moving forward. Get well soon, Aaron Rodgers. And then there's a picture of Aaron Rodgers in his uh, Jets uniform. And you, if you look at the beginning of the tweet, it says, not the way any of us wanted it to go. So Keith Olbermann felt the need to interject. And Keith quote tweets it saying, Define any. And as we know, Aaron Rodgers uh, is not vaccinated. Not vaccinated against COVID, spoke out against it, used alternative uh, alternative medicine and other therapies and treatments, um, and decided not to go in line with most players in the league. I think the NFL, I think 92% of players are vaccinated. And Keith Olbermann says define any, almost taking a victory lap, mm-hmm. as in, whoa, whoa, whoa. Define, not me. Good, good for you that you ruptured your Achilles and you won't be able to perform your job duties and you're out for the rest of the year. And I was just thinking about this. Like, imagine celebrating someone's injury that pertains to their profession because the other adult that you disagree with decided not to put something into their body that they did not want to. Like, that is, like, as an adult, such a petty, petulant, childlike reaction. And, like, we know Keith Olbermann is not one of these, like, COVID lunatics. He's scared to death of it. He's like Howard Stern. If you're not vaccinated, every other injury that happens to you is because you're not vaccinated. And think about the levels of insanity that you have to have where there's not one person. Now, I got to believe deep down inside, unless he's completely mentally gone, that Keith Olbermann obviously realizes your vaccination status has nothing to do with you tearing a muscle or a ligament in your leg. But there's no... There's not one person on the planet that would think your vaccination status has any effect or impact on your ability to perform a physical activity, which is remarkable. And Keith Olbermann, once again, getting roasted for that, and rightfully so. I don't understand some of these people, I swear, that are so consumed with what other people do when it comes to their personal health decisions. Like, that is like, you know, which I always mock people on Twitter when they get covid and they come out and say, tested positive for COVID, feeling mild symptoms, thankful to... Like, honestly, I have no right to know what your vaccination status is. But ultimately, at the end of the day, on the list of priorities in my life, knowing your vaccination status is probably the last thing I care about. It's just that these individuals that have gone so far off the reservation to the left, I don't even know if they realize how insane they sound and look. And that's Keith Olbermann in a nutshell. It's a lot like Howard Stern. Uh, And, you know, I know Keith used to be on MSNBC, so his political views are not any surprise. I think Howard Stern's probably the bigger shock, considering he used to be the definition of anti-establishment, and now he's just, you know, a puppet for everything that is establishment and left-wing. And then lastly, speaking of Twitter, how crazy is this? Um, And this is kind of like a censorship cancellation issue that I have with Twitter and Elon Musk. Speaking of Twitter and Aaron Rodgers... There was a user on Twitter on Monday night that predicted that this would happen to Aaron Rodgers. 
So I, I I need to find who this guy is and see if he has like the Powerball numbers <laughs> or if he like he knows if it's going to be black or red on the roulette wheel at Parks later tonight. <laughs> he says Aaron. This is uh, at Daddy Zaslav on Twitter. Mm. Aaron Rodgers is going to tear his Achilles on a rain drenched MetLife turf in two and a half hours. So I'm assuming that was around six six thirty on Monday night. What? And I'll be, I'll be damned. It happened. And Twitter and well, everybody started reacting to it. They suspended his account for that. Well, to be fair, Aaron Rodgers did have a lot of injuries last season, right? Yes. So it's he's, not, had, he's had his fair share. He, and he's 39. And right. So, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility to think. But that he, he predicted the injury itself. Yeah. Like, he didn't say he was going to tear his hamstring. Yeah, yeah. He predicted the Achilles injury. Yeah. And now Twitter suspended his account. So now when you, again, so facts are offensive. Predictions are offensive. Predictions that come true lead to your cancellation. I would expect that under Jack Dorsey's Twitter, not Elon Musk. But then again, I mean, Elon Musk's Twitter resulted in Tony Bruno's suspension on Twitter. (laughs) I wonder why. I I have no idea. That's weird. It's beyond me. I couldn't believe I saw that when I was looking at the Keith Olbermann stuff. And this popped up and I'm like, all right, we got to work this in as well. So I'm totally against that. Hopefully that guy gets his Twitter uh, reserved and hopefully he's um, playing uh, the the Powerball. (laughs) Keith Olbermann is just a nasty. Remember remember that thing he did with Riley Gaines and said she was a loser and Mm -hmm. called her a homophobe? Yep. He is a negative energy, evil, nasty man. I totally agree. It goes beyond politics. I know. He is just mm-hmm. at a point in his life where he's just a yeah. miserable dude. All right, 855-839-1210. Don will have some news to kick off hour number two. We have a CIA COVID lab leak cover-up story. And also the backlash for the Disney Snow White movie starting to really accelerate. We'll continue hour two. Kalen Company coming up next. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.